Is this it heading out? Shoot the thrill. <laughs> What'd you say? I think I got a say. seen this music video it's been a long time i don't remember it it's the best one ever everybody's in this grandstand it's like sketchy ass grandstand 1970s these guys are just killing it what was your shot at? i don't know but after this is over we're gonna watch the music video if my arm fell off, this song would make me feel better. This song actually has a lot of good lessons in it. Shooting the thrill, back with Rump Chat, uh, back together. Like we've had a lot of really good ones the last few weeks. But we've been apart through the computer. And, Reunited uh, and it feels so good. Just got done in Sydney, where, oh. which was great. We'll talk about that. But we're yeah. in Kansas City at Andy Hilton's house, and there's no dirt, and we're on grass, and it's a calm, cool morning with a light drizzle of rain. Oh, and a hot cup of coffee, not a mixed drink or a beer, <laughs> which is not normal for the last week. Oh my God! What a I got to I got to start it off and just it. say I Get mean, it. congratulations to Sydney. Like it was, it was the largest year that um, I can remember. I mean, maybe when I was a child, there was you know I remember some Saturday nights having standing room only, but it was uh, it was great all the way through. I believe they were up Tuesday, Wednesday, which, you know, obviously Tuesday is going to be a lighter Tuesday crowd. Tuesday had a great crowd, It was though. a great crowd, but, you know, you're thinking maybe, I don't know, what do you think, 60%, 70%, maybe? I would say 70%. I thought well, it was. That's, and that's really good on a Tuesday night in Sydney, Iowa. But just all the way through, Thursday was full, Friday was full, Saturday was, I mean, they set a beer sales record on Friday, and then they smashed it. I guess there was only like 13 Miller Lights left when they shut the band down. There was 13 Miller Lights, and there was a box of Truly. That was <laughs> is what Mark has said. Like people came out in full force to party in Sydney, Iowa, with the band at the back end. I mean, yeah, that was that, was that, that hadn't been done and since I was a kid. Um, and I'm, I'm glad they went back to that. I was, uh, I don't know, so many mixed emotions about the week. It was just, it was just cool. Like, I mean, my sister Lacey graduated 93 and their class reunion was there which you called out and it was hilarious her kids were so embarrassed because she was dancing but um so I see you know all those those faces when you were a kid of course I mean in 93 I was I don't know what like eight so you know but and then like Lou Jamison hello Lou Lou is so hot she still is my sister sent me a picture I was like that is not fair <laughs> Lou's beautiful inside and out so um anyway wow we were wow where would we go there um but it was just congratulations to the committee um and my hope is that people that you know came back this year because they always were there as kids or now they start to bring their kids back and they realize that that was a fun it was a good rodeo um and, and a cheap entertainment compared to going to the college world series or mm. you know or concert you know at 150 dollars a ticket you know um 
twenty bucks a seat is pretty damn cheap. So well, I had a thought on that. Um, Abbeville, Kansas, is a lot in the same way. You know, the nostalgia of coming back and like the same people at Abbeville that have done the barbecue for or where they bury all those sixty years. Like the grandkids are coming back just to do the barbecue. Uh, you know, the Ealing family. Gordon Ealing ran the parade. He passed away. His son Doyle Ealing, and now their grandchildren are running the parade. And the same with Sydney. But my thought is like, our world is so screwed up right now that I think with everything going on in the big cities, if you look at uh, any videos on Instagram and like smash and grab, knocking out windows, stealing shit out of cars, and you know, you can't chase down like criminals now and all the stuff going on, I think it's so cool for like Sydney. I think that it's going to keep booming at that rodeo because people want to get out of the city. People want to come, and you go out to Sydney, and it's rolling hills, and there, there's not huge buildings, and you, you literally park in a grass field and ride on a tractor to the arena. And I think the, the one success, that rodeos are up. Tom Glaus from the PRCA was actually at yep. Sydney the other yep. night, and he said our attendance is booming. Every rodeo I've been to lately Every rodeo this year has been just awesome. been skyrocketing. And I think it's because people are so sick of the shit going on in the city that the Western way of life, the rodeos and horses and, and you know, the national anthems. and Yep, standing and praying before the rodeo and honoring military and yeah. just being freaking Americans, you know. And, and, not, and, 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 and like I said, the, the affordability of it. I mean, have you been to a major... What did it cost for a beer at the Chiefs game oh last fall? Oh, my God. When, when we go to the Chiefs game uh, on Monday Night Football, the tickets. Yeah, what was the ticket the price? The tickets were 600 bucks a piece. So that's what I'm talking about. You okay. know what I mean? And, and it, even in a park, it's probably 40 bucks. you know, to get within, you know, 10 city well, blocks. And we weren't even on the front row. We were up like 30 rows, but we were right behind the one end zone. So for me and Ashley – uh, six hundred bucks a piece, so twelve hundred dollars. They came with a free parking pass. But well, that's nice. You buy a beer, f- beer's fifteen bucks. Yeah, and you buy nine beers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that just going to say, you know, five bucks a beer for a sixteen ounce tall boy. That's cheap. That's cheap. That's Man. pretty cheap. That, and, that, that, and like those those fans that come to Sydney and all the people that surround themselves there coming back to Sydney, you know, they spend their hard earned money to come and we have to put on a show. And it's the fact that we could literally be running around in the mud like Rump had us doing and they're going to yell and enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. It don't matter for what we're doing. Like, all right, you ladies gotta go slap D's hand. Everyone is screaming for no reason. Yeah. I wasn't doing nothing special. I was running. Yeah, well, it, yeah, the mom scramble. It's a special thing. Yeah, well, yeah. since we heard his voice, do you want to introduce our guest for today? Yes, our guest, uh, he, he stopped by Rum Chat before, but he's never had his own episode, and he's got a pretty cool story. Uh, I've known this kid since he was 18. He's now 22. We first <laughs> met him in Sydney, Iowa. That's right. Um, a lot of things come from old Sydney. He uh, is a champion bullfighter and probably the most – Watch clips on the BFO website is the Kevis jumping, yes, uh, front flipping bulls, uh, an amazing talent freestyle bullfighter, an amazing talent protection bullfighter, correct. Um, the guy that saved my kids when the fighting bull got out in Salt Lake City. <laughs> uh, he's just a just a good dude. He's a, one of our Oklahoma homies down there on the Flying W Ranch in Southern Oklahoma. The Kevis Air Jordan. Oh, nice, nice. Hey, 
Well, we're using our we're using our using our butt. We have used that for a year and a half. Had a boy, but uh, yeah. D. Uh, so um, for those of you who don't know, um, um, Cody Webster broke four ribs on this what, third to last bull in Cheyenne. The mud and around. the blood and the and the broken ribs in Cheyenne. Ugh. So he um, he. Um, called me and called Rump, and he really wanted to come to Sydney. I mean, uh, not I mean that only that it's the hundredth, but I mean he loves coming anyway. He's a heart of a fighter, man. You can't. Yeah, he wanted to come, and he called and had how many guys we got tonight. Well, first two nights were pretty thick. Had like eleven guys and like fifteen guys, and because he was thinking, well, maybe I have Austin. Austin Ashley fights it, and he's like, man, I'm like, no, man, God, if you if, if Austin gets mucked out, and you got to bail in there. And your ribs are broke, and they get worse, or you puncture lung. Then what? You know. And so he's like, "Yeah, all right." And you could tell in his voice he was hurting unit. So thank God D uh, was available there at the ranch and hopped in with with Austin and come on. So mm-hmm. S- Sydney, God was smiling on Sydney from even the start. It was to have a talent like DeKevis, uh there and ready to come in and fill in for. For one of the greatest of all time and a, and a Sydney favorite, but um, yeah, and but D was no stranger to Sydney, which was cool. You know, you'd fought in the bullfights there a bunch of times, so um, everybody loved it. It was it was a uh, it was a great week. We were glad to have you. Yeah, it was fun to be there. You know, and um, well, first off, my birthday's coming up, bub. Yep, August seventeenth. Yep, I'm, I'm gonna be twenty five. Yeah. Yeah, you got it wrong earlier. But um Yeah, I called you twenty two. <laughs> it doesn't matter. We don't do years here. <laughs> <laughs> or facts apparently. Yeah. But um man, it, it it's a big deal. I mean, I don't take it lightly at all. You know, um you know, Webb to call and the committee to call me to tell me like, hey, you know, you were recommended by this guy and then Frank to step into on the talks of that, you were recommended by this guy. I knew I had to go there and do a do a job and do it great. So it was a fact of Okay, I, not only do I get to go back and visit with all these wonderful people and be a part of the 100, you know, but I have to go be perfect in the <laughs> job of bullfighting, try to be perfect, you know. So I had a lot of pressure on me at the same time. But, you know, we ended it with a good one. I got a thumbs up. Good rating, I guess. Oh, yeah. You, gotta, you, gotta, you and Austin were, were great. But see, I first met – we well, we both first met DeKevis. I'll never forget when I met him at Sydney. Yeah. When DeKevis, uh and we're going to get to his story in a little bit, but, you know, DeKevis, you talk about the old started from the bottom, now we here, you know. <laughs> so we're underneath the, uh, <coughs> when we had BFO in Sydney years ago. Maybe it was the first one, maybe? No, I think the first one went on there, maybe 2017 went on. Yeah, it was, that's when I was camped in the in the back by the steer yeah. pens was the first one. Yeah, and so that was. But, but I was, started attending around 2018, 2019. Yeah, so I think it was 18. The, the Kevin showed up, and so I'm hanging around. And, you know, a lot of times when you, sh- you have a freestyle bullfight, you never know who might, like, what – and I don't mean this rude, but what kind of dipshit might show up. Like, we've seen a lot of them, you know, just these different kids that you're like, okay, this kid might make it or so – well, I mean, let's list the names. Justin Josie. Yeah, but – You know, I mean, he well, – he's not. I'm not calling him a dipshit. I'm just saying the names that were there. Uh, Tate Rhodes. I think was it the first one? Chuck Swisher, uh, Swisher. Well, it's Web, just like uh, Weston was there. I mean, I remember it was kind of funny too. About 2018, this really quiet kid from Nebraska was just like kind of he would just kind of stand around and hey, you know, <laughs> like who is this kid over here? 
just creeping me out. Oh, it's Bo Sheets, Bo, you know? <laughs> it was Bobo. Like and one of the rankest, you know? And yeah, it was just awesome how that all started right there. Like, y'all, you know, you get a day sheet, them guys, Stets, and all them guys, they get to look at you, and you guys can check it. Like, okay, well, we know there's bullfighters. You're all like, all right, so there's a bullfight Friday. It's Friday at, like, 4 o'clock, and then all the bullfighters start showing up that's in the freestyle, and you're like, oh, all right. Well, you showed up uh, early because I remember I was, I was sitting in my trailer, and I get out of the door, and there's this uh, really athletic-looking black dude sitting in a lawn chair with no shirt on. <laughs> and I was like, who is this? So I walk over and I'm like, hey, what's up, man? Are you in the bullfight? He's like, oh, yes, sir. How are you, sir? And like being, I'm like, what the hell is this sir shit? Like, <laughs> like he was like the most black kid ever. And and I was by myself. And uh, so I sat down and started visiting with DeKevis. And, and um, I knew, you know, we kind of hit it off. We were pretty good buddies. And. I said, do you have a place to stay? He's like, no, sir, I don't. I was just going to sleep in a car. And I'm like, no, you're going to stay in my trailer. I'm like, you're going to stay with me. So he goes in the back, and I get him put up in one of the kids' beds, you know. <laughs> and so I started, I was like, oh, that's my son, <laughs> you know. Well, so that night, you know, I was trying to kind of be cool because I got to see him fight bulls. I'm like, yeah, yeah. So we get back to the trailer, and I was right after I was partying with you, and so I tell the Kevis he's in the back bunk bed. I'm like, man, you want some food? I'll feed you, little bud. He's like, yeah, it'd be great. So I put in a pizza in the oven, and I fall asleep. It's like 3 o'clock in the morning, and DeKevis wakes me up, and it's like a movie. You can't see. He's like, Mr. Rumford, your trailer's on fire. I'm like, what the hell? So I fell asleep, and that, that pizza was on 425. So the, the first Bart night. Black. The, I mean, just. Yeah, please. charred. The first night me and DeKevis stayed together. You almost I, killed him. You almost killed him. And then that's when I knew. Me and this guy can drive. Yeah. <laughs> I did that this year. Thank God it was a con- do the pizza. Thank- oh, you did. Thank God it was a convection oven and the oven shuts off, right? It's on a timer. But, uh, yep. Oh, I did the old mm, after the Legion Club. I need pizza. Mm-hmm. Nope. Yeah, it would have been in local news. This year at the Sydney Rodeo, <laughs> a fat rodeo clown and a young black man died in a <laughs> trailer. <laughs> And it was it was awesome though. <laughs> it was embarrassed the next day. To, like it was almost like the walk of shame. Like I come walking into the middle of the trailer, and Kevis is sitting on the couch, and I'm like, "How'd you sleep, buddy?" <laughs> well, after we put out the fire, great, Mister Rumford, your trailer's on fire. And it was crazy, you know, because at that you know moment, I was like, you know, those are the people that I jive with, like people like Rump and whatnot. You know, don't. I didn't want, when I first was coming on the scene like that, I didn't want people to be, like, perfect, you know, try to think that I was something that I'm not, you know. So, Rump doing that right there later that night. You, knew, you called, knew that you could be a dipshit in front of me. Before. Yeah, like, I, immediately my whole demeanor changed that Oh, yeah. Day, you know, I'm like, <laughs> so it was, it was awesome. And, and I can't imagine, like, when I when I came around the, the freestyle bullfighting thing, you know, with me and Sam, I knew Rex Nunn, and I knew – Andy Burrell, like, I know I, I had a group of people that I knew. Now, when you came around, you kind of come in I out knew, of nowhere. I knew Frank Newsom and Cody Webster and Leon Coffey. <laughs> Those were my, you know, as far as that made the scene and the big lights other than, you know, state amateur rodeos. But those are who I knew. And obviously, you know, Frank and Webb, you know, hey, D, like, you know, start going to these freestyles. So, of course, when I go to Sydney, you know, Webb was there, so I felt a lot more comfortable versus going to a lot of them that I had to go to alone and or with uh, Knox or Austin or Trenton. You know, those are the people that I knew. The rest of these guys, I just seen the YouTube videos on BFO. I'm like, oh, well, 
I watched a YouTube video of that uh, freestyle last year, and I got told to go this year. Maybe I can meet somebody. So I've gradually started meeting people, you know. So now I've got – it's crazy how many friends I've created, you know, jumping into the world of, uh, really, you know, pro rodeos and traveling and stuff. But, yeah, Rump's right. Like, I knew Cody – at sitting in that first year, I knew Cody Webster. I didn't know Hambone. I didn't know Rump. I didn't know the committee. So, yeah, it was literally like – just black guy sitting in front of Webster's trailer with no shirt on while they're all still sleeping. I'm just sitting there. <laughs> you know, so, and, you know, Rump comes up, we get to talking, and, you know, just, like, broke the ice for me. And now, you know, I know all the committees there at Sydney, you know, and the funny thing is is they're like, D, you've been here for the bullfights, like, twice, but you've been here to Sydney, like, eight times. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, it feels like the canvas has been to Sydney yeah, for the yeah, last cause you, you, you've you Because the uh, there was something in the – there used to be a bullfight fight yeah. broken bow Bro- mm-hmm. well yeah and then you'd come over maybe for a night and hang out and then yeah. go on but um i'd give them about two nights you know and of course you know they'd feed me up and hey they, there's been times where the committee's literally invited me to go eat lunch not Ambone or nobody no. like me to go eat lunch so That's i'd right. stop in and you know visit with them watch the rodeo two nights in a row and get on that rodeo trail but that, i think that's which i'm sure we'll get into it but i think that's my favorite part about doing this Fighting the bulls is great. Obviously, I love it. It's my job, you know. Well, I don't look at it as a job, but it's the best thing in the world. But, you know, getting to do things like this and, you know, and where we're at right now and whatnot, like, that that's what made it a difference for me, you know, a different path for me is getting, uh, uh, what's it called, Com- camaraderie mm-hmm. about all of it, you know. So so what? Uh, let's get in kind of your story, you know, um, where you came from and, and all that, how yeah. you got into it's a little rough. Today. Yeah, a little yeah. rough. It's a little rough, you know. And and like you know, me and Rump were visiting. I don't think it's rough, Rump. Tell you, but you know, everyone's in, has their own opinion. But um, you know, I was raised in Medill, Oklahoma, and you know, by my grandparents. Uh, my parents were kind of absent in my life and whatnot. You know, I'll say that. So my grandparents stood uh, stood up and raised me. And I, I'm a, I have six siblings, but it's kind of we kind of got split up and whatnot along mm-hmm. the way. So I grew up with three. An older brother, which, you know, he uh, was a little – he's going on 28 now. So, going through school and stuff, after he graduated and all that, you know, he was gone. So, it was pretty much me and my sister. And my grandparents, you know, they'd done everything they could to make sure we had what we needed and whatnot, you know, which is great, you know. Absolutely. You know, it was rough, don't get me wrong, but I had a roof over my head and I had a hot plate of food every night, you know, and I had friends and a bicycle and the dog so hell yeah that, that's that was great for me you know but um you know from the outside looking in yeah it was rough you know i didn't get to, we didn't get to do a whole lot of you know vacation type of stuff but yeah that's how i grew up man uh, medill oklahoma little small town about like that town rump was talking about you know everybody can literally ride bikes to where you need to go you don't have to worry about you know anything happening or nothing like that so <clears throat> you know fast forward a little bit uh, my grandpa grandfather he passed away so I had to, uh, and I was kind of, I mean, I was making money around the time doing little jobs and getting introduced to, uh, you know, fighting bulls around this time too. So I had to step up to the plate kind of, you know, mm-hmm. and whatnot. And I felt as if that's, that's what you're supposed to do anyways. So, you know, it wasn't nothing new, you know, Barry grandpa and time for me to really make a difference. Cause Nana was also kind of sick, you know, she was a smaller, older lady. It wasn't like, you know go up begging for money and all that, you know, and I still had a little sister that enjoyed to do things with her friends, enjoyed to go places, enjoyed to 
have senior pitchers and joy to do all of that, you know, but there was only enough money for one of us to do that, you know. So I stepped up to the plate and I made sure she was able to do all those fun things that she needed to do, you know. So <clears throat> that's kind of where, you know, my story unfolds. You know, I would, uh, <laughs> funny, but I would uh, go to school, go to football practice where I also was getting talked to about, you know, going to play college football while leaving college fo- or leaving high school football practice to go work and then to go to an amateur rodeo on a Saturday after a football game on a Friday, and I would average, I'd say, I'd say altogether I'd get $500, you know, and that money would go to my nana to pay whatever bills, because at the time I didn't care about bills. I mean, I knew they needed to be paid, so I made the money for them to get paid. I didn't know what it was or nothing, you know, so I gave her money for, you know, keeping things on and helping her out, and taking care of my sister and there's just a little bit left money left over for me to maybe go get a haircut or get some sneakers or something like that you know so that's kind of what I did all the way up until I graduated you know and my sister got the opportunity to go to college I got the opportunity to go you know try to play a little bit of college football and whatnot but that's kind of how it worked out for me all the way up until like I was I don't know maybe 19 years old whenever you know like I said I went and met Rump and I was really you know going to make Going to a freestyle bullfight and winning fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars was like holy shit! Didn't you win? Never, like, never another poor day. Yeah, because that first year you won, what like twenty thousand dollars just like right off the bat? Yeah, just I mean, <laughs> like I, something sorry, unbelievable. Do- <laughs> Chester's getting all wrapped up. Yeah, just like right off the right off the top, you know, and like for me that was amazing. Like you know, like I went to uh, I went to. Uh, uh, what was it? We went to I went to Georgia somewhere when I first done the front flip. When everyone first seen the front flip on video, yeah. And if you've never seen the front flip, like I mean, it is the Ke- they, just YouTube DeKevis Jordan, DeKevis Air Jordan. I mean, this dude has got some hops. Yeah, <laughs> and like you know, and honestly, I don't want I don't mess the story up. So like at school, you know, playing football and all that was very athletic and whatnot. And then going to the college deal. You know, it was, it was a lot of fun, and I was really starting to understand my athleticism, you know, as it went on, and then I would also, like I said, I was also doing all this while fighting bulls on the side. At the time, fighting bulls was the side gig. That's what was the side gig was what it was. What did you love more, though, at the time? At the time, obviously, you know, I'm going to say football at the time because, like, I'm so I'm shell-shocked at that point in time. I'm, I'm in this locker room. These cats are, you know, they're they're huge, and, and going through high school, that's what I, that's where my mind was, you know. I went and ran track and got a, you know, a, you know, one state track, and I was getting all the praise for all of these things, you know. And I was like, holy mackerel, I might be able to do it because a stereotypical deal, you know, the guy that comes from nothing and then goes and plays football and gives it gives it his all, and uh, he gets a phone call to step up. And go be go be in the NFL like D one football. Yeah, like, yeah, bro, you're going to be able to provide for generations now, long mm-hmm. as you keep doing your job, you know. And the fact is, it's going to mean that much to you because you come from nothing to get there. So <clears throat> at the time, that's kind of where my head was. And then I would fight bulls on the side, you know, not taking anything away from what I was doing on the side, but I was really, really earning it on the side, like hardcore. So as I was going through all that, you know, and Got to uh, got to go fight bulls in Georgia, you know, uh, at this freestyle bullfight that I 
just knew what what little bit Webb told me before going there and what he got to work with him with before going there. But other than that, I'm watching film and footage of, you know, I'm stepping around bucking bulls at these, like, amateur rodeos. Like, I'm freestyling them. Like, I'm very, very hungry. It was crazy, you know. And then I go to this. You were at the, you were at the perfect age where you're like a bulldog on a chain. Yeah, like, I was. Rip wanting, off some <laughs> lips. Like, get it, baby. Yeah, I was wanting to fight everything, you know. And then I go to this bullfight, you know, and I'm talking to Webb and all them. Like, man, I'm, you know, I'm not going to tell Cody Webster, like, oh, I'm nervous, man. I, what what do I do? Yeah, you're trying not? to keep your street cred. You don't yeah, want to. like. I don't want to ruin, you know, make no one think, like, oh, this guy's a one-hit, you know, wonder, whatever. So, you know, Webb's just kind of telling me, like, dude, just go do your deal. You know, go go relax, fight your bull, and that's all you got to worry about, you know. And at the time, he was also on his summer run, so it was kind of hard when we got back home to try to go over and do a lot of things. But I go and do that bullfight, man, and, you know, I don't know what it was. They called my name out, and for me, I was it was my debut, so I'm on, like, the stage. Like, all eyes are on me. Rather, I do good, lose the fight and whatnot. So, And I knew that because they had done an interview, and that's exactly what they told me. So that's when it, I knew it set in for me, really. So I go and fight this bull, you know, and the first move I do is a huge front flip. Boom. I have to do it. I need to go ahead and get it out the way. So I fight my bull and whatnot. Then I go and do it again to get a, a big sell. Well, I think I've done, like, a backflip to sell it, you know. So I'm just like... The backflip over a bull for y'all listening. Yeah. It's yeah. not just it wasn't even just standing there doing a backflip. Some yeah. bitch is doing some shit. <laughs> and like that's what I needed to do. I thought to uh, sell the bullfight. So that's what I did. And then next thing you know, I don't like I said I wasn't knowing how it worked. I got told, "Hey, you're coming. You won the round." And I want to say it was like a ninety or a high eighty, ninety, ninety two, ninety one, and like an eighty. And I remember Ross Hill because he was in that like in that bullfight and this was a huge milestone for me too because he was there but i remember him coming up to me and like dang dude like literally weston was 80 something in that round a high 80s like i'm talking 89 or something and he got third you know and i was like wow like that must be a big deal and then um He's like, so go get off your feet because he's kind of catering to – like, I want to say catering to him. But Ross, kinda, was, Ross was coaching you up. Yeah, like, he's kind of telling me, like, just chill out, go get off your feet and whatnot, you know. But at the same time, he had to get ready for him. He was also in the bullfight. So he just kind of told me what they do before short go. He's like, yeah, just, you know, go chill, get some get something to drink in you, and, you know, you'll be coming back. I'm like, okay. So I go and do so, and I'm just, you know, chillaxing, you know. And the short round comes up, and I want to say Chance uh, – I think I went first. You know, and Chance was in that round. I can't remember who I was in that round, you know, but I do think I went first. So I kind of – I want to say I do the same exact thing. I do do the front flip again, and, you know, I put on a – I start to kind of focus on the ground game because I remember Ross telling me, like, you got to defeat him on the ground as well and kind of talking to me. So I really did, you know, and I had a great, great bull fight, and I think I was like 91 and a half and, uh, to get second at my very first – $12,000 bullfight, like, you know, so I still got to go home with a good pocket full of money and a pretty cool knife and whatnot, but that's what really changed for me where I knew for a fact, like, okay, well, football is, like, not, I can't, like, I'm getting paid right now to do this. Yeah. Like, I'm helping my nanny right now and my sister right now to uh, to do this. The money is there. Like, I'm getting things I want. I'm taking care of them at the same time. Like it was all, it was like a dream come true for it. Was like getting that phone call we were just talking about, you know. It was it, that's what it was like for me. So 
I really pursued it. Like from that moment, like I really pursued it. Like I always knew I wanted to be a professional bullfighter, but I really, really took it serious after that. Like, holy crap, this is how I'm going to make a living. You can make a living doing this. Yeah. You know, like even at the freestyle level and, you know, you can make a living doing this. So, I, you know, I can't really remember. I cleared. I was my first year of doing that from that point until my till we carried on throughout the year to the finals. I think I come in, obviously, they already had a few bullfights before I showed up. I went there, got second. Anyways, going into Vegas after that year, which would have been 2018, I think we talked about, uh, I wound up second in the world or something like second or third behind Chance and Weston. You know, so I was I was like fifth and 50th in the standings or whatever it was and got to Vegas and I was like second or third or something. Hell yeah. Like so I wish – It was wish awesome. They, I wish they had the – I wish the uh, – Freestyle bullfighting had NFL, <laughs> like, you know, the millions. That would be pretty oh, cool, yeah. too. Oh, that would be right. Man, like, you know, like 60 seconds, you know, with the, the freestyle bullfighting, like their little – how they got there and whatnot, you know, that would be neat. But, it, but like, that was – it was a life changer now, and we'll get into it a little bit more, I'm sure, here in a minute. But that leads up to being exactly where I'm at right now. That's what blows my mind is one day I'm sitting at home – watching all these big rodeos you guys are going to, and now I'm in them. So yeah, it's part of them. Yeah, it's crazy. It's real crazy. Yeah, you know, do you, you probably remember this too, right? After DeKevis started winning all that money, then he bought a 19, like, 98 <laughs> Ford Econoline <laughs> van that he showed up and Sykeston Sykes with. with. Yeah, yep. that was awesome. Yep, because we got back. Yeah, that another great story. Um you know, we made the run, speaking of Sydney, like I said, this is around the time Rump first met me, went to Sydney, uh, which is also hit three or four bullfights before. Like, I did not go home. When I found out the money I could make. Absolutely. Like, you I entered st- everything. I stayed away from home. I was driving ridiculously. Dude, I was going to enter a bullfight on the edge of Texas and then turn around and going to the top of Arkansas. And then, like, it was ridiculous, you know, in a little car. But, um. I was not going home, you know. So, anyways, I hit a few bullfights and kind of had some money built up. And uh, Webb goes, man, you need, to, you need to start, you know, thinking about getting you something to sleep in, like something to roll in, you know. And we're texting, and I just won a bullfight. And I'm like, man, I won again. You know, and he's like, all right, well, go get you a rig and, you know, we'll see what's up. I get on – it wasn't Marketplace. I want to say it was Craigslist. I don't think Marketplace was a big deal at the time. But I don't like Craigslist or something. And I'm in the ride. And I jump in with a buddy. I dropped a car off in Oklahoma. Jumped in with a buddy passing through. He drove me to the edge of Oklahoma somewhere. And I didn't even find it on uh, Craigslist. I found it, like, on the side of the road or something. Went up, and uh, it was an old Bronc rider. He used to ride Bronx or something like that, and he had it for sale, and it was kind of beat down and whatnot. And I said, "Can it? Can it go?" That's all I remember saying. Like, you think it's gonna start up and get me from point A to point B? And he said, "Well, it did me. I drove it down the road and come back. I gave him cash. I was in the van, handed him cash. Never got off the van and drove to uh, Sykeston. <laughs> so we had left Sydney. I went to Broken Bow. Went to Sydney. Went to Broken Bow. Bought the van. Drove it all the way to Sykeston, Missouri. And there's also another cool story about when it got to Sykeston about us putting the AC in it. You guys kind of helping me pimp it out and, like, you know, hook it up or whatnot, putting the window unit in the back and whatnot. Do you know how hard that is to put a window unit in the back? Not easy. Between a rodeo? We didn't even – we didn't even – Webster found a piece of plywood at the rodeo ground, like, in a scrap pile. Yeah. And we borrowed a – one of those saws from Chris Eastwood, (laughs) and we literally – 
I mean, it was a bitch to get that thing to fit. Like, so we put this thing in there. We put that uh, that air conditioner in the back of that van. Then in, inside of that van, it was like 32 degrees with that AC. Very cold. We we learned a hard lesson. We didn't put it at the right angle, so all the condensation would leak into the van. Yeah, on me, on me for the longest time. But it was Oopsie. literally like on the way in, I was texting Rump and uh, Webb, and Webb was like, "Yeah, go to Walmart, get an AC, get this, get that, and get that. We'll get everything else at the rodeo grounds." And we're all like, we're going between the rodeo. Rump is up doing his deal, and me and Webb would come back and try to fix a few things, cut the square out. Then we would go back to the rodeo arena. And it was crazy, you know, like crazy, because we wanted to do it when the sun set. We didn't want to do it while it was, you know. That was a hot year. Yeah. So it was like, well, we'll It can get it. spicy. Yep. So it was like, we'll do it when the sun sets, you know. So we were literally going back and forth between the rodeo. And the funny thing was, is I'm like, you know, I've got to go freestyle fighting. But when me and Webb are sitting here, trying to measure this thing out so i go up there you know fight the fighting bull and ended up winning the bull fights and come back and we got the ac in the van and i drove that thing around for a year i want to say a year and a quarter or something like that and uh it got me from point a to point b and it was great it was awesome i put a tv in there playstation had me a little cabinet with some you know dry foods it was awesome you know <laughs> at the point in time i thought like I'm living the dream, man. I'm doing it, you know, like I'm really, really doing it right here. You know, seeing all the old footage of the old cowboys doing stuff like that and like Cadillacs and stuff. Hell awesome, yeah. You know, so it, it it means a lot. Like those are the moments that I will for remember forever, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, upgraded vans now. So to me, I'm in the, I went from the outhouse to the penthouse, you know, looking back on it. But me and Rump were talking about, I should have kept it. You know, motor Rump told me motors and those things go for like twenty five hundred. Yeah, you can buy a crate motor for a Ford Econoline van. You shouldn't have got rid yeah, of the van. I should have just kept it. You know, oh, what? damn it. Well, I thought I was upgrading. Like you guys got all these nice rigs, so I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go get me a Sprinter van. So I did so, and it's very nice. You and know. it had when he bought the Sprinter van though, there was nothing in it. Him and yeah. Webster take off to go to Georgia. <laughs> they stop by a thrift shop where there there's a guy there giving away a couch. For free, uh. so they stopped and got a free couch and put in the van because it was, uh. a, car, it was a cargo yeah. van. It was I know, just, but it wasn't like a you, finished van. Did you blue light that some bitch? Yeah, like <laughs> or black light it, not blue light it. Black <laughs> light it. Just put a recliner in there too, or yeah, something. Yeah, we put a recliner in there and we threw it in the back. And like I said, we drove all the way to Georgia and it was literally like a driving living room. It was awesome. It was rank, you know. And the van runs. If good. you guys would have hit the brake, the couch would have went through the windshield. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is true. And the funny story, you know, I still didn't have nothing in it because we were still on that summer run and I was trying to get a plan together to figure out this Sprinter van deal because all the guys were telling me like, man, it is so hard. Like, you know, and then, but you can go to this guy and he's going to charge you like 40 grand to do. And I'm like, okay. Okay, hold on a second. This is the, the Cody Webster school of thinking here. <laughs> Yeah. You don't pay anybody to do it. You no. Just figure you get out how to interns. do it yourself. You do it. And it's okay. <laughs> or you get interns. Yeah. So we built a, uh, I built a bed frame out of, um, what are those, uh, wooden crates. Built a bed frame out of those. Had the couch in it still for a little bit. And I had a little closet in there for my clothes and all that. And that was the way it went for that whole summer. And then, uh, you know, van kind of had a little oil leak and all that. Got it fixed now, but the van's magnificent now. Like, it looks awesome. But, uh. Like, at the, for the longest time, like, I was missing the old van because I'm like, man, I had it all made right here. You know, like, it was already all there, so. I would tell you this thing about Webster, though. 
Webster can get shit done. Like he don't have to. He will figure out a way. Oh, it will be done. It he will matter fi- if it's YouTube or just troubleshooting it. It's going to get done. And the funny thing is, we've all kind of gotten that way around there about certain things. Like, like we're not going to hire shit done. No, <laughs> like for anything. But oh man, you got your arm cut off in a but the chainsaw. Let's go get Webster. I'll bet he could get it put back on. Exactly. Like, no, we're not going to do that. You know, and that's what uh, kind of what Webb was telling me is like, we don't need to hire nobody. We can do it, you know, and me. Okay, well, let's do it. So we did it. You know, we literally bought laminate. I've got laminate flooring. Yeah, because didn't Webster do the in like the insulation and stuff when well, you guys were at Cleburne? Yeah, I bought it. We went to Cleburne, Texas. Uh, he wanted me to go to that rodeo with him. So, I, you know, I went and drove the van. I didn't have nothing going on. We literally install, uh, got insulation in it, and Robbie <laughs> Hodges, he put, he's, I guess, pretty good electrician, which he is. He put a fuse box in that thing, so I got electric Rob, in there. Let me tell you about Robbie Hodges. <laughs> Robbie Hodges knows more about RVs than RV places. Like Literally. Did you know that that Robbie put a um, put a fuse box in DeKevis' Sprinter van? Yeah, a whole that fuse box. Like, it looks oh, I don't doubt it. It looks factory. Like, it's like... He's a handy dude. Like, it's mounted in there. I've got outlet. Like, he got me electric. <laughs> like, literally. And we bared a hole in the, like, like y'all's, we bared a hole in the side of the van. So, for a minute, I was like. Oh, uh, yeah. I was like, holy crap. But, you know, about an hour or so later, electric's running through there, you know. About the most electric me and Webb's done in there with uh, Papa G at home was put the AC in it, you know. And that's when we, Webb cut the hole in the roof. And I'm also like. <sighs> Holy crap! I've got a sunroof that I hope this AC fits in, but it worked out, you know. So like, it's, I mean, it's livable. Like it's, it was awesome because all these rodeo people, like I said at the time, and I was like, I don't know how to work on a van. I don't know what to do with this thing. I was planning on buying the Sprinter and maybe cutting a sponsor deal with somebody or something, you know. And next thing I know, nope, we're gonna do it. <laughs> Okay, and you know I'll sell you Web. He's, you know, he's not as crazy as he looks. He does know a thing or two. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's pretty. It's pretty cool. That's awesome. Well, I mean, it worked out, and and now you're rodeoing. Um, you know, you're kind of you're you're obviously still freestyling. It you know you're still doing that, but you're kind of in making that transition into just protection. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, which is the natural progression yeah. of guys. We're with, uh, you know, you think about it, how young the BFO really still is. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously it's been around for, you know, six, seven years now, but it's like uh, <laughs> we've been through three generations of bullfighters kind of already, you know. It was oh, kind of yeah. those original kind of quote-unquote stars, you know, um, They've been they've been long gone, you know. Besides well, besides like Weston, he's still obviously he's kind of a. There's always a. There's always a caveat to every a story. Brett but, Favre, yeah, yeah, but yeah. um, but you know a lot of those guys, and and I want to go back like you know you can front flip and all that, and there's been guys that had a cool trick, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. They can, <clears throat> you know, they either get hooked the shit out of after, but they do that one trick, and that's about it. Yeah. But you had enough cow sense because, you know, growing up you guys had some cattle, and, and that's what it takes, right, yeah. cow oh, sense. Yeah. Just watching. I always remember Webster talking about just, you know, like bucking bulls. You know, just kind of know, knowing what a bull thinks and where he's going to go helps him more than anything. Yeah. And uh, you could flip, but you could also fight. 
and yeah. that, that's that's what made you go so far so fast. I mm-hmm. think so. Do you remember the bullfight where they had the ultimate trick contest? Yeah, where Evan Allard got that pogo stick and called for that fighting bull on top of the barrel, then jumped off from the pogo stick and over the bull. Yeah, did you ever see that? Oh yeah, and and uh, oh god, uh, who else was uh, in the chair? Toby did, Inman. Toby, Toby did the yeah, sitting in the freaking lawn chair. Yeah, you know, and that's like where it all started for us younger guys coming up. It was like, okay, well, them tricks are awesome. So I ain't gonna lie, that's what really caught a lot of our eye at first was the tricks. You know, because mm-hmm. when I went, plus it's handy when you're DeKevis and you can jump 14 foot there. <laughs> yeah. Like yesterday, Actually, can when, you knock that bird's when nest we went down? to your mom and dad's house, we pull in there, he sees that basketball goal, and he just jumps up and like dunks it. I'm like, <laughs> you're a dick. Yeah, you're, you're the uh, first person to ever dunk on that hoop, and it's been there since 1994. <laughs> <laughs> the first hands that have touched the have touched the rim since it got built. <laughs> we could barely Hilton boys could barely touch the. Well, my brother, I think it could. Touch the my net. brother's six four, and yeah. before he, you know. Put a few uh, Coors Lights down his gullet. <laughs> it happens. <Fuck> it. <laughs> it does. It does. But it was, I mean, it was It was like the tricks that were kind of caught a lot of our eye. But at the same time, you know, like I said, being around Webster. And I was fortunate enough to be one of them younger bullfighters that could just, that could, you know, contact him and get help, you know, without without needing to go through the poles and all that. So I'm very fortunate about that. And I still am to this day, like being able to be a hold to him and Tuckness and, you know, all them greats that were I know, think, on top of us. So, I think that the legacy that will be left behind, especially from Cody, yeah, is that, you know, if you, you know, a lot of guys, you guys don't remember Rex Dunn and how awesome he was and what he did. But in a lot of ways, Webster is doing a lot of Rex Dunn stuff. Yeah. Raising fighting bulls, bringing in young guys. Trying to trying to help people out. I know there's a a friend of ours, that really good friend of mine, that Webster's has reached out to, and and is this kid's been in some trouble, and you know Webb's like, man, you need to come down to the ranch, and you know Rex Dunn did that. You know when people were in trouble, yep. and young bullfighters were getting into legal issues and getting arrested, Rex would say, nope, you're going to come with me, and he would take them down to the ranch and and pay them and work them. But, you know, Webster, he's done a great job at that uh, of kind of leaving more helping than a legacy. That, yeah, and helping. Yeah. yeah. Helping. Like Just helping a, him out. It's a, it's a crazy thing, you know, because, I mean, if I lived like an hour from him before I decided to move move right next to him. And, you know, very happy now. I've got a place and my woman. We're doing great. But, you know, I would still come down and help and all that when I was still, you know, an hour away and like – I feel as if, like, a lot of guys, and that's a lot of thing that's going right now. A lot of these guys are thinking, like, I want to show up here. I want to do this job. I want to work cattle, build fence, and I want to get paid and money. Okay, that, that makes sense. That does. But if you also want to be a great bullfighter, I feel as if it's like an unsaid thing that you're out here, you're helping this guy, you're doing this job, you're catching cattle, whatever it is y'all are doing, ranch work y'all are doing throughout that day. And in return, you're getting to – Learn how to be a great bullfighter. You're getting recumen. Yeah, you don't you don't just go to, yeah. to the Flying W Ranch and sit around to watch. No, no there's no sitting you're around getting, there. No, you're getting recommended to go here and do this. Rather, that's be someone from the Ami rodeos all the way up until you know me in the situation like now. Yep, 
you know, so I think that's like an unsaid payment to me. That's how it should be. That's how it. It's like Mr. Miyagi. You know, there could be two ways around it. You can pay, you know, let's say 1500 to go and spend three days or two days or whatever it is with a Cody Webster or Frank Newsom, Or you can, and you're in legal issues or in trouble. Or you can pack up if you really want this job. You can pack up. You can move down there. You can be a ranch hand. You can do the work. And then you get the rep, the benefit. Fight bulls at night, too. Yeah, fight bulls all the time. Everything you want to do, then you get to rep the benefits as your uh, career goes on. Mm-hmm. And it all will, I promise, it did, will come back. Did you ever <laughs> see the old karate kid? Mr. Miyagi and, it, like, hell not, yeah. not your, not your guys' karate kid, the real shit. Yeah, Mr. Miyagi. Mr. Miyagi, when yeah. he's like, when the kid's out there, he's like, you're supposed to be teaching me karate. All I've done is... Show me paint the fence. Yeah, <laughs> wax is, on, wax off. Yeah, that is that is the Cody Webster method yeah. of fighting bulls. That is true. Oh, come yeah. here to fight bulls, and all we've done is build fence. Show me pound the T post. <laughs> yeah, that is wax on, wax off. That's what I told Webster. So he just got this new semi, you know. Yeah. To haul his fighting bulls, he got that trailer. I said, if I were you, I'd get a bunch of polish, and when you guys have one of those bull schools. You know, right after that evening when you're done fighting bulls, you make them kids polish the front of that pot. How cool would that be? Polished it up, flying W. Like, awesome. I, would, I would do it. That is true. You know, I never really put it in that perspective. But, like, in the movie, you know, Mr. Miyagi says, do this. And he literally goes and takes care of errands all day. And then, you know, the kid's getting in, you know, in a situation where he's like, okay, is this kind of going to help me or not? Kid doesn't understand. And that's kind of when I was coming around, when I first started coming around Webb, you know, Webb was all cool. He was like, you know, that front flip's magnificent. Like, he didn't give a shit about it. I'm not going to lie. Like, he thought it was cool, and that was that. You know, and then for a minute, Webb was like, we need to work on your rounds. He really was watching my bullfights. He found what I needed to really work on, and we went and attacked that. But at the time, I didn't realize what he was talking about. I was thinking, okay, this guy's going to show me how to be man so savvy, obviously, you know. Mm -hmm. So – you know, I'm showing up at the house and stuff like now I normally do. And Webb puts a, I want to say it was a barrel in the arena. And he said, go around it. I'm going around it. So I went around it once. Keep going. I feel like I made 800 rounds go the other way. Then it started being like, keep going and going the other way. Keep going. And then we got the dummy. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm finna throw a fake on. I'm about to make him fall. Go around it. And I'm not talking lightly running this dummy. I'm talking He's going to pick it up and hit me in the face with it. Like, that's how we run the dummy. So, you know, I'm doing this, and I'm going around it, and I'm going around it, and I'm feeling like I'm making pretty cool rounds. I'm like, heck, yeah. All right, go the other way. And we've also repeated this like 800 times. Not only am I breathing heavy, but Webb pushing the dummy is, you know, breathing heavy. Then we load cattle. And I'm thinking, heck, yeah, finally I get to show out. Nope, go around them. Go around them. Keep going around them. Okay, you know, I'm figuring out. What are we doing? Well, we're trying to perfect your rounds, perfect your rounds. So I'm going around this, you know, going. I've literally been running circles all day in my brain as a younger kid. I've run, been running circles all day. Uh, let me, let me do it, you know. And then, you know, I'm going to these rodeos that I had at the time and these bullfights and Webb is texting me, focus on rounds, go around everything. So I do so. Well, you know, fast forward in today's world and – few of the bullfights that I've been in uh, leading up till now from then my rounds are great like we don't even talk about them no more 
So if you had makes, to do forty two thousand rounds, yeah, <laughs> it makes sense though. You know, it makes sense though. It all adds up to to right now where I can. My first move is going around a cow or a bull, no matter what it is. My first move is also going around it before I start my bullfight doing anything now. Do you uh, at those bull schools where you you know the bull school is actually pretty badass. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's I mean it's a full class with workouts and mental preparation and oh yeah obviously doing the fights but it's like that it's not all right get in the pen we're gonna load some bulls i mean yeah. it's you it's, gotta work a lot of technique your, it's, work it's a school you got a to school. work your way up like through the deal you know i never had the opportunity wait, to wait hold on, i want to ask this on the bull school so like when you get there you have to you you have to complete each step before you can move on well is, is there one point where they say you're not ready for live cattle well, not necessarily. Like, I feel like, you know, we start the workouts in and all that, and you web kind of gets a read on these guys, kind of how they're going to be, um, like how are they going to react to this situation, mm-hmm. you know, how how are, how are their, uh, their uh, cardio level, like can they even last to go, you know, you know, 15 seconds or this or that, you know, whatever it is that is coming, you know, but I feel like every – Every student is definitely going to get one for sure to see, you know, what's going on. And yeah. I think that's kind of how Webb grades it. Like, he leads his way up to it. And then, you know, you got your guys that showed up with their boat out chest, and they think they already got it figured out and whatnot. And, you know, Webb, he pairs these cattle up with these students. It's not it's not like every kid's about to just fight these big old mean cows, you know, and whatnot. He pairs the students up with the cows. And some students just – they're not there yet. They can't handle that type of heat, so they get a weaker cow. And then some students are okay that they're on that next level. They show they've been working leading up to the school, so they're on their next kind of on the next level than the other students. So they get a bigger cow. Yeah. Then you you always got them ones that, you know, I can fight anything. And if you know Webster has to, he'll go out in the pasture and he'll. Be, <laughs> there's plenty enough bulls. We can yeah, figure that there, out. Is there anybody kind of way too cocky? Like, man, I, let me have some mean shit, some bitches, and then. Gets his shit hooked out of him. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, there's always them ones, and, you know, Webb sets them aside, and he has to talk with them and whatnot, and they come back with a different attitude, and if they still have it, like I said, I'm sure he can go out and fix that for you real quick, but, like, I think he kind of gets a good read on them. Like, that first day, we dive right into it. You know, it's not like a it's not like a show up and figure out what yeah. we got. You know, like, he, he we dive right I, into I've it. I've never been to one of his bull schools. I've been to uh, – we I did a – well, a bunch of us went, uh, Chuck and, and Webster, and we helped uh, Wacy Munsell, mm-hmm. which it, that's another guy who is a great bullfighter because he knows cattle. Wacy's mm-hmm. a cattleman. Um, but I never got to go to one of the bull schools, but, like, just from what I've seen, and I wish you could come to one of those just a bullfighting school. Yeah. They're, I was the motivational speaker at the one at Weatherford at Poodles. But uh, there is definitely some – like I feel, and maybe this is me being cocky, but I feel like I can look at some of these guys before I even see him fight a bull, and say, "Yeah, this guy, he's probably going to make it, or this one probably won't." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like kind. I kind of, I don't know. Maybe that's conceited for me to say that, but I, you know, I, I feel like I can, and I know that some of those guys come in there because I've seen the videos. I'm like, yeah freestyle bulls and this and that and then they show up and they're almost too cocky to even listen yeah learn and they and they're already stuck in their own ways you know that's the problem when you uh mess up a lot of guys could be stuck in their own ways so you can also show up and 
notice the ones on who whose face who really wants to be there and who really wants to learn and yeah. be great. Because you know? like Webster said too one time, like some of these guys, like they know they're going to be in, they know they're coming to this bullfighting school and they show up in bad shape and they've had, you know, months literally, you know, to try to try to get ready physically. Yeah. You know, and they show up and they, make one lap and they're like <sighs> mm-hmm. and he's like what the hell man like you knew yeah you know and it's just like anything else you know it's about how bad you really want this living mm-hmm. how bad you want this career and like rev web installed in all our heads at the w like we have like a pretty much like a main group and like and me in general like you know it's just talking about it's more than just bullfighting too it's everything that we've you know been going through Sydney to here to, you know, where's my men- where am I mentally, you know, for you know if I'm going somewhere else? Yeah, mentally, like, you know, that's that's a huge part of the game. Yeah, which you know we we talk about. This show is actually brought to you today by BetterHelp.com, which is all about mental help. You know, controlling your mind, uh, taking care of yourself, not just physically but mentally. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I think in bullfighting, and we talked about in rodeo. Nate Justice when he was mm-hmm. on was talking about the the mental aspect and and not just mentally trying to win bullfights but just in Getting life through. you know yeah. even when you're injured you yeah. know when you're sitting at home yeah you're going yeah. Ah, you know oh that sucks being it like that's the mentally I think that's the hardest part is like when you get hurt how you know like when I get got hurt in Denver you know one minute I'm entertaining 9,000 people and we're rocking and rolling and it's so loud. And the next minute I'm standing naked in my bathroom with my dad trying to help me into the shower. Yep. (laughs) You know what I mean? But, but you know, if anybody's out there that needs to talk about their, their mental health or, you know, to get with somebody, be sure to discover your potential with betterhelp.com. That's help H E L P betterhelp.com. And if you enter the betterhelp.com slash rump chat today, you get 10, percent off your first month so you know what go to the bullfighting school go to better help oh gus just ate shit over the corner he looks like our producer gus is just in the corner on a laptop just producing this but uh making sure we cover all the topics so here here's going to be a hard question i'm going to put you on the spot how many how many people are on mount rushmore four or five four so, let's see. Roosevelt, Washington. Hold on. I'm going to Google it. Four. Four. Can you name them all? I think I, oops, I've just been talking without a microphone on. Yeah. Uh, Washington, Jefferson, Roosevelt, and Lincoln, right? Okay. I don't know. So, who would be your Mount Rushmore of freestyle bullfighters? And I only get one. Oh, I get a few. Well, I'm I'm going to obviously put Cody Webster up there, and me personally, I'm going to put. Yep. Me personally, I'm going to put Frank up there. Hell yeah! I'm definitely going to put Leon on there. I've got two more. One. Yeah, one. One more. Well, there, yeah, there's four. Yeah, four yep. total. Yep. Um, Sticker Wiggins. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put Sam Gress up there as well. I would too, and that's a name not a lot of people know. But Sam was the baddest cat yep. that you never saw. I'm going to put Sam Gress up there. Uh, I think that's all for me, uh, Cody, Frank, Frank, Leon, Sam. Yeah, 
I'm going to put Sam up there, and the reason being the you know Frank and Cody, um, they really they've done more for me outside of the arena than you know I like to really speak about to a whole lot of people because you know that's just yeah that's private. Like they yeah. they've you know I wouldn't say you know raised me or nothing like that, but they kind of you know they helped me find a way and you know just taught me the things that men should know that I didn't really have coming up my story and all this you know and uh still always do just just being that older role model type of you know big brother type of aspect things yeah and then the others you know like (laughs) getting to watch them fight bulls and whatnot and i've been compared to sam before so one day i was like i'm gonna need to find out about this guy so i did so and it was like holy mackerel like this guy was the fast you know quick moving you know do everything type of guy and I really enjoyed watching him fight Bulls, and he's been one of my favorites, you know, when it comes to that era. And, you know, Leon's just all-around cowboy, the way I look at it. He can entertain and make you laugh while he's freestyling fighting Bulls. I wish more people would do oh, that. Man, like, make the, the dance. And- I wanted him. So, so this was cool. So, so like, Saturday wow. night, you know, 100th year, Sydney, Iowa, in case we haven't heard that 8,000 times. Uh, <laughs> Uh, DeKevis dressed up like Leon, who fought Sydney for years and was in the barrel there for years. And then uh, Austin uh, actually did uh, dress up like Frank Newsom, who was there for years. And uh, so they did their face paint. And my wife actually had a red and white striped shirt mm-hmm. that, that really fit uh, Austin well. Yeah. Uh, um that uh, he used because that's what Frank wore back in the day. And there's a great picture. Austin had a cool post, and he had a bull looking at him, and he was opening the door to the hospital because <laughs> they used to run them bulls through the hospital. And he said everybody started scattering when he cracked that yep. door open. That bull started coming. But uh, Le- uh, we were talking about, I was like, I wanted to Kevin to watch videos of Leon, how he'd do the dance yeah. back in the day, and he'd do that shuffle, and then he'd, bam, he'd go down the splits, and that bull's about six feet from him, and then he'd mm-hmm. dance, and he'd, he'd shimmy back up. That's what Leon, yeah, it, like he was that's such a, a bad a, cat. And let me tell you, the me and Austin talked about it too. We're you know I'm 24 and Double A's 22, and like the history in that town, and we're getting held with that. We're getting past that baton. Like we're getting told that, all right, y'all go handle this, mm. and it is not taken lightly at all. Getting yeah. to be a part of something like that because that is a position. I mean, come, I'm going there to fill in for Cody Webster, like, in that yeah. committee. Like, that's a huge deal for those of you that don't know. Like, it's more to it than just booking another gig for well, us. Yeah. Was, like, this year, going to get to go to Salt Lake, and, and I mean, like, that place is unreal. Yeah. yeah. Those are those are huge deals for, you know, us in our career. You know, me, Austin, and Knox Dunn are starting to get some of these. Shout out to Knox Dunn. Like, some of these shows, like, and Knox is my traveling buddy, best friend. You know, he's part of the group. And, like, you know, he's been with Heath and the Frontier crew now for pretty much a month. Like, that's a very, very big deal in the us younger bullfighters. Well, I think, too, the, the baddest dudes, the younger guys coming up mm-hmm. is Knox. Yeah. Knox Dunn and Noah Krabs. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen him? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He He fought Burwell. Yeah. And I mean, just rocks stud. No, just rocks it. And like, that's the thing. Like, um, Webb always tells us, like, when they were freestyling heavy and there was a younger group, like, that was them. They were going to these freestyles and then they were going to these rodeos. And you look at them now, and Webb always preaches to me and Knox and all of us, like, it's coming. He's always told us that when we're younger, and we're always sitting there, like, oh, dang it, you know, dang it. Yeah, because you. And now we don't have a leg to stand on or even argue with him with it because it's true. 
I think everybody starts off freestyling bulls not thinking that it's going to ever go away. Yeah. But, like, you only have. Like like Hambone said, since the BFO has started, you look at Toby Inman's retired. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you know, Nate Jester well, well, doesn't freestyle anymore. Webster doesn't freestyle anymore. But Tugness like, doesn't freestyle I mean, anymore. a name like Shell Apple. You remember? I mean, he was yeah, one of did yeah. the, Superman. the starlets. And he, he would do actually the. actually lived in Missouri for yeah, know, he was one of the starlets of uh, of that first generation because he'd do that Superman, you know, and then yeah. Uh, but you know, a couple wrecks out, and you know, and Shell, you know, decides to you know retire because he probably realized there's a life to live, and exactly and, when uh, that's when the mental aspect comes in. Exactly, you know, there's exactly. a whole lot of because mental... you're, you're going to get your ass ran over bad. Yeah. Oh my god! Like, like there's just there's when no possible way not to the finals, and you're going up against Hugh Hefner and and literally yeah, you know, bulls I'll, like that. That another hey. another thing, you know, I was still a young bullfighter, and I went up against that bull, you know, and 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 it's going to happen. Like I Webb was preaching to you, you need to be careful with that front flip. You need to be careful with that front flip. D. You need to start, you know, thinking about this, that, and other. Need the young me not thinking. I go and front flip a bull, and I'm out cold. I mean, I got knocked out, and honestly, it was like the first time I've ever really been knocked out like you know leaning with my head like that mm-hmm. you know and wasn't the first time i've been knocked out but just in that type of situation and he wasn't he wasn't joking like it really changed everything and that's when the mental i had more bullfights to go to and that's when the mental aspect really set in and uh you know that's like the mental aspect of now you know the fact that they can trust me to handle these four five six day rodeos and turn around and mm-hmm. get two days off and just turn around and do it again Maybe when I was younger, you know, Webb was still coaching us up to that. You need to stay ready. You need to stay. Well, now it's the fact of, like, now he's, like, giving me the shot. to Let's see if if you if it made sense to you now. Like, you know, and that's what means a lot to me, too, is, like, they were not joking about nothing they told us when we were younger. There was nothing, like, I can see it clear as day. And Frank still seems – it seems like Frank knows – before we know, like it's crazy because he lived it exactly. He knew, yeah. You know Frank's story, which we got, we got to get him on. If one of my all-time favorite humans, I just that guy has been a friend a long time, but he's lived it. He knows, mm-hmm. and so it's just like everybody says: your parents get smarter as you get older. Well, they're yeah. right, yeah, because they do. And can you imagine back in the day being Frank Newsom fighting fifteen bulls? Jumping on trick or treat's head, and getting the shit hooked out of you at the NFR. And then five minutes later, being the freestyle bullfight for the Wrangler uh, Wrangler bullfight finals at the NFR. Yeah. Frank did that several times. Yeah, and win the world. Yeah, it wasn't like he was. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I mean, would take a freaking hooking. But you know, uh, I think it was. I can't remember if it was Smets or who, which bullfighter said that they almost liked fighting the fifteen bulls. They felt like they had an advantage. Yeah, because they're warmed up. Because yeah. War- yeah, I think. No, it was Rob. Rob said that, I believe. Rob Smets, I believe. Well, yeah, you need to, speaking about uh, staying ready, I need you to go. I want you to run the tree line to this property twice, please. So. We're, we're going to go buy new shoes this morning. Yeah, we got we got some things to do. Uh, just thank you for taking the time, bud, and uh, look forward to, to having you. We, we still don't know. Um, haven't heard the definitive of Webster's going to come uh, to Sykes or not, but you know what? Not my monkey, not my circus. Y'all will figure that out. But you're going to be there. So, anyway, um, uh, who do we got to thank? Rump uh, Rodeo Patch. Hey, thanks. The RodeoPatch.com. They did the uh, Sydney's 100th patches. That did a really good job. Um, check out RumpChat.com. Sorry, there was a little website issue a week before last, but that's all 
worked out. That was with the pro- website provider. At least we didn't get t- or what's the hacked like? Yeah, we didn't RCA. get to hacked yeah. like RCA, but um, no, uh, Sykeston bound, y'all. It's yep. uh, it's happening. Hey, and be, sh- be sure to check check out Red River Arenas. They got their summer roping specials continue right now. So I think it's like you could have your whole arena in your backyard for like three hundred dollars a month. Perfect. And free delivery. I can afford that. Free delivery. Gus, you can afford that. So even, yeah, <laughs> even Gus can afford it. So, well, thanks for tuning in, everybody. We're going to be back pretty quick this week with uh, with our our Sykeston. You know, we, we might even get a raw. If we could get Eastwood on for a raw. Yeah. You know. I don't know. We got we to gotta catch him at the right time. And yin-yang and twins coming up. We can get Jeff Skaggs. I've got to come on again. You can't wake me up and want a, a good bump chat when I've been sleeping. He was so funny at Bloody Mary morning oh my the other day. God, he was literally. Honorable. He told me he he's got to get to Sykeston, but he dropped his cleaners off in Cheyenne and left them there. So he's having someone pick him up to bring him to him in Sykeston. He's a hoot. Uh, but we, we got to get him when he's had a few of them peach tits, them peach twisted teas. He was in the liquor store the first one the other day. <laughs> 10 a.m. All right, y'all. Thank you. Thank you, DeKevis Jordan. Be sure to check him out, Air, DeKevis Air Jordan. Thanks for having me. All right. Adios, y'all. We'll see you in Sykestown.